Hey everyone, good morning. Welcome to Daily Drop-In where we get to be live every single morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Easter here on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. And then you guys know if you're listening to this on the podcast, we publish those really, really quickly after we go live to make sure you have your start to your morning however you like it. I am joined this morning with the one and only Carly Spina. We are going to have so much fun talking shop this morning. Carly has so much to share. And Carly, not to sound creepy, but you were in my dream last night, and I just feel like we should probably dive into that a little bit more. So we're going to get into all that. Please go fill up your coffee cup. If you are finishing up your, your or starting your morning routine, rub your eyes awake because we have a lot going on this morning. So let's get started. Good morning, good morning. Welcome to Daily Drop-In. It is September 2nd, Thursday, September 2nd, and there is surely a lot to celebrate bright and early this morning. Carly, how are you feeling? Good morning. I'm feeling so excited. I've got my my morning cup of coffee here, my iced coffee. Are you an iced coffee drinker or hot? I'm drinking hot coffee at home, but to be honest, depending on the weather, when I like go get coffee, it's it's typically iced. Okay. See, I'm an iced coffee girl year round. So I've got my iced coffee this morning. I am like, I have had this on my calendar and I'm super, super pumped. I'm so excited to to join in on the daily drop-in this morning. Oh, I knew it was going to be so much fun to have you. I cannot wait. And then I just, it just seemed to like build throughout the week. I'm like, okay, Carly's coming on Thursday. Okay, Carly's coming on Thursday. I just, I'm so stoked that you're here. Um, Tell me a little bit though, before we get into education, because it's too early we're going to start off really slow, friends. We're here for the daily drop-in. Let's talk about the hard-hitting news right off the bat. Isn't it hard to make iced coffee at home? I'm, to be honest, that's my struggle. You know, I have tried. I've gone on Pinterest. I've gone on, like, Instagram. Everyone's got, like, a reel on how to make iced coffee. I totally, like, opt out of all of it because I've tried everything, and I just get the pre-made Starbucks <laughs> the iced coffee that they do. And I'm like, I'm just calling it a day. I'm calling it a day. I cannot. <laughs> no, that's perfect. So then that makes it so it's like a mix. Mm -hmm, and you mm -hmm. are, are you just pouring it over ice. That's yep. the difference. Yep. Just pouring it over ice. And that and that's it. There's nothing else to it. You use it's that easy. It's that easy. You just you keep it in the fridge. You keep it in the fridge and then it's good to go in the morning. What? Easy peasy. What mix are you using? What Starbucks? Like, is it just their iced coffee? Is there like a flavoring to it? There's a flavoring to it. I never do. Like, I'm such a, like, I don't know. I, I have to have a lot of sugar <laughs> in my coffee. So I like, uh, I like the vanilla Starbucks iced coffee. I like the mocha. I think the mocha is my favorite right now. Uh, but I believe since now we're approaching fall, it's not quite fall, but we're approaching fall. I believe they are going to have a pumpkin one. I think I remember seeing one in the past. So that's well, good news. This has been all over the news, Carly, that people are now excited for not only pumpkin, but they like put out an apple something that everyone's really excited about. Yes, I have heard about it. I haven't tried it yet, but I know that people have been raving about it. 
You so. have a homework assignment. That's going to be the focus because they are claiming this. I feel like this is within the week or two. They're claiming like this is the new flavor that people are. Yes. Yep. The new, the new fall drink. Yep. Yep. I am not really a pumpkin lover. Like I like pumpkin pie, but I never really like got the trend into like the beverages, but apparently I'm missing out on happiness in my life. I don't know. You know what? I'm really more excited about more so than the the pumpkin iced coffee and the pumpkin spice latte. I'm more excited about like pumpkin bread and pumpkin donuts. <laughs> like I am a pastry girl. <laughs> I do love that about you that you're a pastry girl. How fabulous. Such a good way to start their morning. I hope you all get a, a yummy pastry this morning. We're not yet into fall. It's only September 2nd. So enjoy all the other flavors. And then we'll, you know, we'll have to bring you back on Carly this this fall and winter to talk shop about like the yummy pastries we should be consuming. Around I agree. Time. It's just a little too early, but we can start planning. For those of you that are here, thank you for commenting. We love to see all of you. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Uh, we always appreciate, especially as our conversation gets going, if you're willing to share uh, wherever you're watching from or comment, we really do love to not only um, bring in new members to the Teach Better family of our daily drop-in morning show, but also hear your, from you as we're live because we want to have you be a part of our conversation. So we're so, so glad you're here. Carly, if this is the first time that somebody is connecting with you or it's so early in the morning and they're like, who's on the screen raising all black, you're bright and pink and, and beautiful. Like, like, can you tell us a little about yourself in case people don't know all the things? So uh, my name is Carly Spina and I am all things multilingual education. So I have served for 15 years in schools um, with like EL programming. So English learner programming. I know in some schools they call it English as a second language. There's lots of different ways that we we say that. Um, and then uh, I so I did EL for five years. Um, as an EL teacher, I did, um, I was a third grade classroom teacher in a bilingual program for six years, I had so much fun. It was an English Spanish bilingual program. And then I served for four years as a district wide multilingual instructional coach. So I served early childhood all the way up through eighth grade. So I worked with everybody in the district, every role, every content area, every grade level, super, super fun, just thinking and brainstorming about how to support students and families and the greater community um, to really connect us with meaningful ways to support our multilingual learners. Um, and right now I am um, I'm just starting a new position at the Illinois Resource Center. And so I'm kind of doing, I keep kind of laying it out as, as a parallel between my previous role. Um, so I kept calling myself just a thought partner um, in my district. And so that's what I am. But now I get to be a thought partner with folks across the state of Illinois. Um, and so like, it's a lot of just conversations about how we can support students, how we can support families, how we can connect with the community uh, so that we're better informed educators and we can uh, better serve um, our, our students. So I am super, super excited about uh, about the new role and um, new connections. And um, yeah, so loving it so far. Loving, I love loving that it. you're expanding the work that you're doing, like expanding the people that you get to work with. I know that we've connected a few times because we're in the same state. So we bumped into each other at different conferences. But IRC that you're now that this role's at, like, Everybody knows that crew. That's a crew that's constantly putting out best practice 
elements for for educators and really the fact that you get to support educators across the entire state is fabulous i am so excited for you to not only get into like new classrooms right because you're going to be all over the state but also to have different educators that you are brainstorming with and supporting that's so stinking cool so thank simple. you. Thank you. I'm super excited about it. Yeah, just meeting so many fabulous people. And the team at the Illinois Resource Center is just brilliant, just brilliant. So I'm just like in awe. Like, I just want to sit and be a fly on the wall and just observe and like absorb all their greatness because like the women who are in that crew are just phenomenal. <laughs> so I am so excited to be learning alongside them, learning from them. And just it's awesome. It's awesome. Well, and Carly, you're going to have to teach me because I've been in Illinois for a long time. I know that group only because they have an enormous event. They have a huge conference. And when I say huge guys, I mean, every time I go, which I've been numerous times in my career, I walk in and I'm like, oh, I forgot how big this event is. It's so large. And so I feel foolish when you're like, oh, I took on this new role. I, I'm going to be able to do all this support. I'm like, holy cow, I didn't even know that they did things outside of their enormous like conference that I'm so excited for, you know, at, even after daily drop-in to learn about the supports that they provide because we have a lot of Teach Better family members in the state of Illinois or they're located in other states that probably have programs like this. And I would love to make sure that that's kind of shared and amplified because it's always better when we know where we can get new resources and it seems like we're always learning about different groups and different organizations, ensuring we're getting the best resources. So that's so neat. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's like you said, there's so many different parallels between, you know, yeah, we have different states and stuff, but many of us are WIDA states um, across the U.S. and beyond. Uh, we, I know we have a lot of international WIDA schools and stuff like that. So, um, you know, there's more that that connects us. <laughs> um, so, yes, I I am really, really excited about this work and, and connecting with educators and leaders who are passionate and um, just ready to serve, ready to support multilingual ed. Exciting. You know, speaking of connections, Carly, you are also, in addition to all the work you're doing, like, holy cow, in your professional career, you're also super active in Teach Better. I mean, that's been so fun to kind of learn and grow and, and truly like evolve our friendship because you are so passionate. And, and even the way you're speaking right now, it's 6 a.m. right now, your time, because I know you're in central time zone. And this energy you carry every single moment I talk to you and you are constantly networking, constantly building relationships, building other people up. I love it. Um, what are you involved with with Teach Better? I know you do a few different things. So I do a few different things. One thing that I have to say, I am a Teach Better ambassador, a proud, proud, proud Teach Better ambassador. The ambassador group is just like a warm hug. <laughs> it is just a constant warm hug. Um, and so I have been involved with that and love the ambassador crew. I love all things Teach Better. Um, and then the other thing that I do is I blog. And so now we have the hashtag TV blogger. Um, so I'm really excited about that. So um, the blogging team is amazing. Uh, Car okay, Carrie and Liv are two of just the most uplifting women ever. Um, they're just so kind and um, encouraging and supportive. Um, and I know that they're always looking 
for additional bloggers. But it's it's so cool because they always say this, like they're always like, you know, if you have an idea, it's so important that you share it out and you don't have to say like, oh, I've never written before. I've never, you know, I've never done this or that. Or like, maybe it's not good. You have to just take your idea, write it on paper, because if it works for you, it's probably going to work for other teachers, other leaders. Um, so their, their message is always like just so empowering uh, for all of us. But I love being a Teach Better blogger. I have a series um, called Enseñando Better. So I'm taking English and Spanish because of my bilingual education background. And um, yeah, so each month I put out a new uh, post about um, ways to serve in bilingual programming, multilingual programming, um, and things like that. So love the Teach Better family. And of course, they tune in to all the drop-ins and the brain breaks. And there's just so much good happening. <laughs> well, Carly, I always love having people that can come on and brag about our blogging team. And I know that sounds really goofy because like, obviously, you know, we should brag on everybody. Every educator does just so many good things. But just specifically our blogging team, which we just brought two new members on, by the way, if you are listening right now and you haven't been introduced to Karen Evans, who actually participates in, in a, a daily drop-in all the time, she's in the comments right now, and Nikki Piercy also just joined our editing team. We have four educators that legitimately love that they are in the classroom full-time, all four of them, Carrie, Liv, Karen, and Nikki, they are full-time educators and administrators. And then in their free time, make the Teach Better blog the incredible thing that it is. And it's not just a spot for you to necessarily like share an idea. That's like, that is so important. But they really partner with you through the experience, which foolishly, I just never knew was so important until they brought that element to the Teach Better family where they're not only there to brainstorm ideas, but they do all this editing to the blogs. They add in tweetable content. They create images like it really is kind of this collaborative experience to amplify your voice. And I just had no idea that that was different than how other places choose to, you know, publish content. And I, I just love that kind of the way that, that we try and, and really build relationships with people, even in a live video, those same core values actually exist in these other pockets of sharing content as well. That, that editing team is insane. Yes, it's a, that that Teach Better family. It's a family behind the scenes. <laughs> it's a family on camera. It's like truly it's that element of support is always there and the support and the community and the the pushing our, our growth forward. It's it's everywhere. Karen, you're amazing. You are absolutely amazing. And I love that she said this. And I want to say it out loud because I know folks are listening on the podcast too. She says, I think it's so important that you don't have to be a great writer. Just have great ideas. Yes. We will support the writing bit. I love that. Karen, you're amazing. But it's so true. I mean, I, first of all, there's so many ways to take this conversation. But this topic specifically, every single educator does something multiple times a day that are blog worthy. And whether you are a writer, which I don't consider myself a writer, or or you consider yourself a writer and you're like, yep, that's my, that's my jam, you have something to share on the blog. And sometimes it's it's not this big, big, big idea. It's not this earth-shattering philosophy that you're trying to share with somebody. 
It's like the way you chose to welcome students into your classroom or the way you broke down directions during your four minute mini lesson. I mean, like it's the way you chose to provide an exit slip or the way you chose to redirect that one kid in your second hour class that's sitting in the back, right? Like it can be something that you're like, I don't know that that's a blog. Trust me. It's a blog. Trust me. It's a blog. Exactly. It's like all those moments, like, you know, the, the best professional learning sometimes is when you could just go into a, like your neighbor's classroom and just sit. And then you pick up like five different things and you're like, I need to write that down. I need to do that. That's what the blog is because it, it could be an idea, but it, like you said, it could be all these little moments, all these little small moments that have such big impact that you're like, Oh, I need to write that down. Or it's like, whoa, I need to chew on this a little bit because I have been trying it this way and it hasn't been working, but I really need to come back to this and give this a go because I think this is going to make a big impact on this particular student or my entire class or whatever. Well, and is it silly, Carly? Like I actually, and I know everybody has their own preferences. Guys, you know, I'm not a big reader. So I actually listen to our blogs. Like I pull it up on my phone. I have it read it to me. That's my style. I like the blogs that are really, really specific. Like mm -hmm. I prefer reading blogs that are, here's this like really intentional moment that I can share and dive deep into and reflect on because those are the moments that I'm like, ooh, I will take that same reflection and adjustment in the future. That's kind of what I like to consume. And I do not want to, Karen, you should like, Karen, go away for a second, like pause this video or like <laughs> go away for a few seconds. But I actually think our blog department's like a little too ambitious because I remember talking to Carrie and Liv in April and they were like, oh, we put out 80 blogs this month. I'm like, I'm sorry. Let me just break that down. Okay. So you go to teachmatter.com. You're telling me that there was 80 individual blogs published in the month of April. Wow. How many days are there in a month? I'm like, I don't understand. This is not like, I just feel like they're a little weird like <laughs> weird educators just to just so you guys know <laughs> there's just so much wealth right there's so much wealth of knowledge and resources and passion that's incredible 80 in one month holy cow and then i'm like i thought that one a day was kind of ridiculous like i just think that that's too much content personally i don't know why why i feel that way but yeah i i don't know i think our blog department like has has some choices they need to reflect on. I, I <laughs> about their mental stability. But anyway, go check that out. I know I love giving shout outs to incredible people. And Carly, your blog and the fact that you commit time every single month to sharing your voice is so stinking cool. Like, thank you. Cool. Thank you um, very much. Thank you. Thank you. You know, Carly, we have a lot to celebrate today. Um, not only in our good news story, but there's some holidays today that we're going to celebrate. And then I know that we want to get into discussion on environment. You are somebody in my mind that that is so focused on environment because you're constantly sharing positive positivity. You're seeing classrooms all across the state. You're constantly collaborating and engaging with other educators. I cannot wait to dive into dive into that with you. So we're going to start first with good news and then go to our brainstorm bank. All right, guys, we have a lot to celebrate today with good news here with the one and only Carly Spina. You are getting a lot of love in the chat right now, Carly. I'm sure you are seeing all those green hearts and shout outs. 
people so happy that you're there and also using those new uh, teach better hashtags. That's kind of something that kind of, I think it released yesterday that we're trying to bond our communities together. So of course we're using hashtag teach better. Of course, those of you who are active in daily drop-in, we have that hashtag daily drop-in. Um, but we are starting to kind of celebrate our communities wanting to better connect them. So you're going to see a lot of hashtag TB and then the community. So right now, for example, Debbie thrown it in here. Hashtag TB bloggers is a, is one that we've mentioned. We also have TB ambassadors, TB. I mean, mastermind, you're just going to see, you're going to see these all over. So, so fun to see those thrown in here. Carly, I know you're a hashtag lover, right? I love a good hashtag. <laughs> silly question, especially for people who are like, maybe just unfamiliar. Why am I using a hashtag? Like, what does that do for me? I just, okay. I've had a lot of good conversations actually this week oh. about hashtag usage and why we even use it. So think of a hashtag. And I do this because have you seen that? Um, who was it? Jimmy Fallon and Justin Timberlake. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. Anytime so, I say like something because of COVID, I'm like, you know, in a big room because, you know, hashtag COVID. <laughs> yes, yes. So if you do that, we're, we're with you on that. Um, but think of a hashtag as a connector. It's like the door that opens you to other folks who have the same passion or the same community or the same interest. So if I am posting about a pumpkin spice latte, like if we took it out, you know, took it out of education. If I am posting about a pumpkin spice latte and I hashtag it, I can click on the hashtag on whatever social media platform I'm on, and then I can search all the other posts and I can be connected to all of the people who are just as passionate about pumpkin spice lattes. But in education, it's so powerful for us to tweet or post on Instagram with hashtags, especially if, especially if you are an educator who is a part of like... I don't want to say a smaller community. I don't want to say smaller because it's not smaller. It feels smaller. If you are an educator who feels like you're on an island because you're the only one in your building, for example, the art teacher or the school social worker or the EL teacher, the multilingual specialist, if you hashtag your post art education or art teacher, then you're connected to all of these other folks who are doing your work as well. And so if you're connected to all these thought partners, you can see what they're doing in their classroom and their practice. And again, you have like a thought buddy now. Um, and that's really powerful. We need thought buddies. <laughs> I love that. There's so many different blogs, even just relating it back to our conversation of blogs that help you understand social media and hashtags ha continue to be a part of that because no matter where you go whether you're in this conversation right now this morning for daily drop-in or you're popping over on instagram or twitter or facebook or linkedin all these places use hashtags to connect you in that way and um, one of the goofiest blogs i know we published years ago was explaining a hashtag like a cocktail party so that's a blog if you're if you're looking for that one let me know i for some reason that just like makes me laugh every time I think of it. <laughs> I love that. I love that. But it is. It's like it's a party invitation. <laughs> it is. It's putting everybody in one room having a, you know, a focused conversation. And, you know, if you use the hashtag, it stays in the room. If you don't use the hashtag, nobody sees it in the room. Nobody heard you. It's just it was like a funny blog we wrote. But um, let's get into some celebrations, Carly. There's a lot going on today. It is September 2nd, 2021. 
Um, there are some really, really important historical elements of today, like VJ Day, which was the ceremony and formal signing of the Japanese surrender for World War II. But then we also have National Blueberry Popsicle Day. I've never had a blueberry popsicle. That's that is not a thing. I don't think I've ever had that. I'm wondering if I've had, you know what? I maybe have had a blueberry flavored paleta. Oh. I wonder. Okay. But I don't know if I've ever had just like a, a blueberry popsicle. You know, there's we a whole do, day. There's we, a whole love, day we love to challenge people to step out of their comfort zone and try new things. The, th the takeaway today is blueberry popsicles. Like, go find one. I don't think they exist. Please put in the comments if you are somebody who's consumed a blueberry popsicle. Um, this is a National No Patrick Day, which is from SpongeBob SquarePants. So for those of you that have students that are interested in that or enjoy that yourself, there you are. And then um, it's World Coconut Day. Do you, have you had a coconut before, Carly? Uh, I love all things coconut flavored, oh. <laughs> if that counts. I, I think, think it counts. I think it counts. If you are a coconut lover, feel free to join in in the comments as well. But I do love coconut flavored anything. So yes. there you go. World Coconut Day. And maybe the most important, it's Pierce Your Ears Day. Do you have your ears pierced, Carly? I have my ears pierced. And yes, that should be celebrated. <laughs> that should be celebrated. I know some people like to pierce their ears multiple times. Some people only have one piercing. I think that we should celebrate people that have cool earrings. That's, that's I, I am all about that. If we can celebrate earrings and like. Do you all. just have the one like in the bottom lobe? I do. I just, I'm kind of a plain Jane there. I just have the, so funny story. I tried to pierce my cartilage. Um, very, I think I very was eight. popular. Oh man. It did. It did not go well. <laughs> it did not go well. The earring got stuck. This is like an awful story that my family still teases me about. The earring got stuck. Like, you know, how you're supposed to twist it and like, you know, take real good care of it. Well, I was like 18 and just really irresponsible, I guess. So pierced it at the mall, just like on a whim. It got infected. The earring got stuck. I literally was like in tears. My whole ear was purple. My dad goes, don't worry, I'm going to get it out. My dad is like a like uh, a man's man, like he is just like, here's what he did. He's like, I'm going to go in the garage and get some things. The garage, the garage. I'm going to go in the garage and get some things. He brings me a washcloth and goes here, bite down on this. And then like had some kind of tools to remove the ear. It was, it was not a good situation. And I will, I will always say that was worse than childbirth. <laughs> so my family's like, what? Well, and I, you know, I, I can, I don't know that I can agree with you that it's worse than childbirth because I just, that sounds terrible, but, but I just tell you, ear piercings are no joke. Those infections are not fun. Not They're fun. not fun. They're no. not fun. I do want, I do want to hear, I don't know if members of the Teach Better team uh, have their ears pierced. Like I've, I mean, I think Caitlin has her ears pierced. Uh, I don't know if like, do you think Jeff Gargas had a phase where he, had earrings or Chattershowski or Dave Schmidto or Joshua Stamper, like these, the men of the Teach Better team, do you think they've had their ears pierced? I don't know. If, if I had to guess out of all the, the TB men. Okay, wait, you're trying to say out of all the Teach Better men, which one had an ear piercing? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, really quick. Let's name them in case everybody's not familiar with the okay. Teach Better men. We have Chris Madsen, okay. uh, Dave Schmidto, Joshua Stamper, 
Chad Roshowski, Jeff Gargis. Who am I missing? I'm sure there's more. Holy cow. Um, I know we're going to get like not announcing that we'll be coming to the Teach Better team who's male. Um, okay. I'm going to assume just that, that I'm missing them and I apologize in advance, but out of all those men, who do you think is heading your pissing? And if you want to participate in the comments, we'd love to hear your vote. I'm so curious (laughs) to hear what people are going to say here. I feel like I have a prediction of who has. I I have two predictions and I think I'm leaning towards one a little bit more. How confident do you feel on either both or just one of them? Oh gosh. Okay. So like on a scale of one to 10 of confidence, I would say I, I'm going to go a seven. (laughs) Not confident. (laughs) I'm trying to play it kind of safe. A seven, maybe a seven and a half on one of them. So I'm not seeing any comments. I think that we have uh, scaredy cats here listening. <laughs> I have a daily drop in. They don't want to guess the men of the teach better team who love piercings. Okay, go ahead. What do you who do you would be? Okay, my money is on Jeff. Jeff Gargas, because he 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 dabbles in so many different things. He was involved in so many different scenes. He was like in the music industry for a bit, wasn't he? But so was Chad as a So was Chad. And that, that was my other guess because Chad really? was like, was a music guy, right? Like, yes. and I don't want to like stereotype and say, you know, people in the music industry have piercings, but there's like the edgy piece, you know? And so that's kind of where my mind went. So I, um, I would peg Jeff as. So Jeff was on my list, but I won't let Carly. I actually went Schmidto. Because he's like tattooed and he's kind of like a beach bum. Sorry, Dave. And I just think that he like throughout his phases of going out and getting cool tattoos, like probably put it. (laughs) You're right. You're right. I didn't even think of that. Because he's really clear. No one votes Joshua Stamper. He is such a like cool, calm and collected Zen administrator. I don't think. But then again, he was an art teacher. So I don't think though, I don't think Joshua Samper ever has ears pierced. <laughs> and we have nobody guessing at the comments. Yeah, they're all like, they don't want to get, get it. <laughs> I love it. I love I will it. Say, I have uh, one, two, three, four, five piercings on my left ear. Okay. But I only have one on my right. Oh, kind of varying it up. So now. you get to do the fun like stacks. Right? I do, yeah. Kind of get to do a little bit of the stacks. So I love yeah. that. I love Megan. That. Megan says she votes uh, Jeff, probably Dave. Oh, at least Jeff, probably Dave. I don't think any of them have piercings right now. Like I've seen them all in person within the last two years. I don't think any of them have their ear pierced currently. Andrea just popped in celebrating that you're here. Andrea, we're debating who on the team on the male side has their ear pierced, Andrea. So I don't know if you have a vote, but feel free to throw that in. Oh my gosh, we're messing this up. We're supposed to do our good news story. Okay. Uh, Carly, you're distracting me. And this <laughs> news story is not about piercing your ears, unfortunately. So we're going to transition here really, really quick. Um, I thought this was an interesting article. I think this would be something that would work really, really well bringing to your student body, depending on the age group that you teach. I would encourage you like more middle school, high school. This could be a good, um, good discussion, but the headline says quick thinking teen rushes to save people trapped in burning building inspired by her favorite show. So interesting. So it says a hero school girl who saved people trapped in a burning apartment 
raised the alarm after being inspired by a TV show about about emergency services. 14-year-old Lily was obsessed with the Disney Plus show 911. So when she noticed a strong burning smell, she immediately stopped to investigate. She had been walking um, outside the building and decided to try and find the source of the smell. The quick-thinking teen looked around and finally spotted, finally spotted black smokes billowing black smoke billowing out of an apartment window. She ran in, um, she ran home to wake her father up and they rang, um, obviously the emergency department. They grabbed ladders. She says, as soon as I could find a way to get in, she went in and she was helpful in not only saving many people in the apartment, but also a few animals as well. Could you imagine? Oh my gosh. 14, you said? 14, not 14. only investigated after hear or smelling a concern, but got somebody to help in that emergency emergency situation, went and found her father, and then also helped while they were waiting for the, the, the fire department. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Oh my goodness. Just the, the, the mental capacity in a moment of like, something is happening to, to, take action and to stick with it. I don't know as an adult, if I would have like just the right frame of mind to, to be helpful and to take those action steps, but a 14 year old, holy cow. Yeah. So shout out to Lily. I think it's a great story to not only celebrate somebody doing wonderful, good things, but also to bring to students and just like discuss, right? How do you, how do you make choices under pressure? What are the right choices to make under pressure? I think one of the biggest elements that I loved about reading that article, um, and, and I encourage you all to dive deeper that it really, there really was a lot of great, um, kind of like reflection in there. But one of the pieces was the first act of going and getting help. Right. Like that is actually, I think, one of the hardest like split moment decisions is knowing not to work impulsively and go, you know, into the burning building or or not, but to truly go and find help so that if something happens more than just you are aware of the situation. Yes, absolutely. And I think another cool piece of this story is where she got all of her her passion and her interest. And like, I know we hate on screens <laughs> sometimes, you know, like all the video gaming and, and the the shows and the YouTubing and all of that. But if it's igniting a passion in a child, that's a beautiful thing. Like, and again, she she sounds like an incredible young adult here. Well, not young adult quite yet, but a cred- incredible young person. She probably would have done these things anyway. It sounds like that's just in her of, of who she is. But if she had something fueling her passion, that's pretty remarkable. That says something of like, and it makes me think of how, how do we um, fuel our students' passions and our own children's passions? I, I was having an interesting conversation the other day about gaming, about like online video gaming and like, oh, you know, kids spend so many hours a day with online gaming. But I, and I, I keep saying this during like, you know, when the, when the world stopped and we were all, you know, restricted to our homes and, and we were all kind of battling all these like, you know, just feelings of loneliness and isolation. I was so thankful that my son was video gaming. Mm-hmm. I was so thankful because it was like he was able to stay connected to his buddies and now he's in a different school so now he can still stay connected connected to his buddies through gaming so i think there's there's some elements here that we could 
you know, elements of this good news story that we could really take and like, hmm, think on a little bit. No, and that's the whole point of these good news stories, not to only like bring a little bit of inspiration, some some joy, some happiness, some celebrations, but also to bring these food for thought elements to our students, to our colleagues and say, let's dive into this a little bit. You know, sometimes it's hard, especially when you're building relationships with new colleagues. I mean, we both started new jobs this year. It, it's hard to like foster relationships quickly. Like it takes time to really build into really strong community in your new role. And sometimes it's nice to have like an interesting fun fact or like a discussion to spark some of that, some of that dialogue. So whether you're, you know, bringing coffee to work and you're like, ah, do you guys like pumpkin spice latte? Or you're walking in and you're like, guys, I was listening to Daily Drop-In this morning on my way in. And they mentioned this incredible story about a 14 year old. Like, I can't believe that. Did you read this article? I mean, these are all ways that we can continue to foster relationships. So hopefully this good news story in some way hit home for all of you listening to Daily Drop-In and you're able to use this to fuel your next bit of your day for sure. You know, Carly, I want to get into kind of the theme for this week, which is all about environment. I am so excited to talk to you about environment specifically because I know this is a passion of yours, but the conversation all week has kind of evolved. And so I'd love to see where we take this conversation next. So we'll be right back for our brainstorm bank section. All right, you guys know how Brainstorm Bank works. We get to do this every single day as an intentional moment to see if you need anything. The Teach Better team created Daily Drop-In back in 2020 when COVID hit the U.S. because we wanted to be accessible. We knew we didn't have all the answers, but we wanted to be here to brainstorm as things began to come to fruition. So as you are thinking through your normal day-to-day problems that you're problem-solving through, if you're looking for a brainstorm buddy, that's why the Brainstorm Bank section is here. You can submit your questions over at teachbearcom slash daily drop-in or throw them in the comments when we are live. and We will do our best to discuss. I actually did get a few questions that I want to dive into, but first and foremost, Carly, our theme this week is environment. And we started the week talking about our physical space, our physical environment, and it has evolved truly into culture, which has been a beautiful conversation. In the work that you've done, I know culture is such a passion for you. Where where do you think that passion comes from? Um, you know, I think I think when when I think of culture, um, I think of like how how do I want to feel going into to work every day? How do I want my colleagues to feel? How do like I, I kind of try to think about it through all these different layers of um, perspectives because we have so many different folks, <laughs> so many different roles and um, and folks in inside of a school building. So I always think of it through all these different layers of, OK, how do we make sure that this person also feels safe and, and joyful when they come you know, into the space. So I, I kind of think back to like, just feelings of joy. What, what brings me joy? I know that's different than what brings like my own children joy. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think for me, it's just, I want folks to, to feel happy where they are. Um, and so I think that's, that's my biggest, uh, kind of, um, 
I don't know, my thought behind behind culture. If folks feel happy coming to work and coming to school and coming to learn or coming to connect, then we're doing something right. Um, so the more that we can invest in those joyful moments um, and joyful spaces, uh, the better the community is going to be. You know, Carly, back in 2019 and then like kind of the beginning of 2020, uh, I was going through a really, really hard time. And one of the things that was recommended to me by a counselor was to put joy into my life. And I have to tell you, it was really hard for me to figure out what those things were. And so while I do believe that like the people I surround myself with being good people, positive people, passionate people, that brings me a ton of joy. I kind of had the understanding that in 2019, that was actually one of the only things that I had control over. There's actually a lot of um, flexibility that we all have in, in truly knowing what brings us joy and putting that into our classrooms. Can you expand a little bit around the fact of like how we go about finding what brings us joy so we can make the intentional decision to put it into our classrooms? Yes, yes. Okay, so I'm really excited about this. So one thing I think that would be so, so cool for educators to do and for leaders to do, I'm going to break this down in a few layers. So the first thing is with students, create a joy list. Like I know there are many educators who do like a thankful Thursday or like a gratitude journal, try a joy journal or a joy list um, or a happy list or whatever you want to call it and just keep it running and then model it for kids too so that they see it doesn't have to be like a glamorous thing, like a trip to Disney world or anything like that. It's like, I love when I'm able to see a bunny. If I'm, you know, on the school bus and I saw a bunny today, like that brought me joy. That was a really special small moment. Or like my favorite color is pink. So I would put, you know, the color pink. It brings me joy. Um, and trying to like just identify and say out loud, like these are the things that just that bring me a smile, that make me happy on the inside. Um, and then if I'm happy on the inside, I'm happier on the outside. <laughs> but if we could do that with kids and have them start to like notice the things that bring them a little bit, like a little slice of, of happy. Um, maybe it's like, you know, maybe it's the taste of coconut. <laughs> maybe it's like a little piece of chocolate. All of those, again, the small moments that we can kind of focus on and we can find moments of joy. I started to do this with third graders a few years ago. And then they'd say to me, Mrs. Spina, Mrs. Spina, I found joy on the playground. I found joy on the playground. I was like, what was your moment of joy? I found a really cool stick. And that was it. But the, the way the shape of the stick was, I don't know, it made them think of something else. And so it brought them joy. So like it, we're, we're kind of training our brain to find the joy. And then, okay, so professional learning should also feel joyful. It shouldn't feel stressful. It shouldn't feel like a sit and get. It shouldn't feel like uh, another thing on my plate. We should incorporate moments of joy in our professional learning opportunities. Whatever you know, we're offering with teachers, alongside teachers, for teachers, we have to bring the joy to them too. Especially now, this is we have a hard job. Our jobs are nonstop. And they're, they're just full of expectations. There's just so much on our plate, but if we can just say, we're going to pause for a minute and just find some joy. If we played like a music, like a song and said, okay, we're going to listen to the song. And by the time the song is over, like we're going to start our work, but like write down a few moments of joy that you've had this week or this month, or like, what is, what is the joy that you find in your work or what, what moments of joy are you looking forward to, you know, this next 
week. Um, and then like, again, like all those, just those little moments of how can we create smiles? How can we create moments of joy uh, for teachers? Like, I know, you know, we talk about like, um, like little gifts and stuff like that, that we can, we can share with teachers to express appreciation. And that's great. Um, there's this wonderful book and I reread it every beginning of every school year, Lead with Appreciation. It's a DVC book. It's phenomenal, but it talks about all the different ways that folks feel appreciated. So I know that's different than finding joy, but that, that appreciation factor is so important and everybody has their own like appreciation style. And that's something that I had never like really thought of a whole lot prior to reading the book. Um, but that's a really great thing to just kind of, it's a, it's a nice tool. It's a great resource because um, they have great ideas of, of ways to show appreciation. And again, that can also spark joy for teachers, for students, for everybody. Yeah, and I, I think Carly, I would love to challenge our, our viewers right now that are here with us live to think of one thing that brings you joy. And I want you to try and make it silly, like yes. really think through like, yes, our family brings us joy. Yes. When it's a beautiful sunny day that brings us joy, those things are important. But I think the most challenging element of the activity that you challenge us to do as students that we could first do with ourselves is trying to find the teeny tiny moments that actually you have a lot of control over and what those moments are that bring you joy. This activity, I'm so glad you brought this up. This was exactly what someone recommended I do. And I kept a whiteboard on my on my refrigerator. And every time there was a moment of joy, I was supposed to write down what I was doing or what I was like, whatever. And I, I vividly remember having zucchini on that list. Why? I have no idea. Apparently, I was cooking with it and was like, oh, I love zucchini. But small little like moments like that make us so aware of not only how many moments of joy there are, but how much we can choose to put joy into our life, right? I mean, I know that's a bad classroom example, but you can easily, every time you go to the grocery store, pick up your favorite vegetable if it's something that brings you joy and you yes. have the power to control that. So if you are in the comments right now thinking, we'd love to hear what is the, the smallest, teeniest little thing that you're like, oh my gosh, every time this happens, I feel great. You know, like those yes. are wonderful. Yes, yes. Can I share a silly one? Oh, I love it. Yeah. Okay. So one of my silly ones. When I can finish the shampoo bottle at the same time as the conditioner bottle. Stop. You can do that? <laughs> it's like it's like every once in a blue moon. But when that happens, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and Carly, it's so silly. Like, you are the only person on the planet that has that skill to achieve that. That is not no, I, I don't have that skill. I don't have that skill. <laughs> but when it happens, I'm like, oh. Like, it brings me such happiness. <laughs> and I'm like wow, like, <laughs> I feel like I should share this moment with somebody. <laughs> okay, can I tell you a super lame one that is brand new and it's because of Daily Drop-In. So Daily Drop-In, I fill up this coffee cup that I have a bunch of them that are like teeny tiny and I drink it throughout Daily Drop-In. And at the very end of Daily Drop-In, we've gotten in the habit of being like, take your last sip of coffee before you head on to your day. I love when I only have one sip left. I think it's so funny. Oh, every time. Yes. Good moment of joy, you know. Yes. Yep. Oh, like that. That's the stars align. Stars <laughs> align exactly. Or I have a I had a student one time, and I think I told I think we talked about this earlier this week. So I apologize for those of you that I've uh, been listening to daily drop in, but we were creating the perfect learning environment, and the student specifically was like, "I love unicorns. They bring me joy 
unicorn should always be part of my learning environment. And I love that that student chose to like always have a unicorn sticker in their workspace. And I'm like, that brings me joy that that's bringing you joy, even though it's not what you meant. Like when we were originally talking, she was like, I want a unicorn in my in my world, like in physically here. <laughs> yes. And she found her little bit of joy by being like, so I put unicorns everywhere because it makes me happy. Like, oh, I love that so much. And see, like you said, it brings you joy to see her joyful, right? <laughs> to see her in her element. I love that. I love that so much. I'm trying to think of other things that you can choose to put in your learning environment. Because your challenge for us to do this with students, I think is so cool. But as a teacher, you really do need to understand how to do it yourself yes. before you do it with students. And I don't know that that's always the case. I think you can learn and experience with a, like alongside uh, yes. your students. But I just wonder, I'm trying to look through my, my like office right now, what in here is specifically here because it's supposed to bring me joy in my in my work environment do you have things that you're coming you're thinking through like oh i always keep this around because i think it's funny okay. or it brings me joy it's a good memory so, there's a few different things so some of you know i really like color <laughs> we are opposites in that and i love you for it i am like all things color so i have a little colorful mug and i keep just like you know some pens and stuff but like this nail file is pink and sparkly and it brings me joy because it's pink and sparkly. I've got my little pen that has like a little like crystal on the top and I think it's so pretty and it brings me joy. This was a drink stir. Is that even how you say it? I don't even yeah. know how you say it. But this is a drink stir from uh, a beverage I had at a hotel that I love, 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 love. I can't write with it. I can't do anything with it, but it stays here in my mug on like my desk in my office and I love it. And every time I look at it, I'm like, hmm, <laughs> it's like my little moment. <laughs> but it's a great moment. It's a beautiful moment of like remembering a wonderful time. I mean, oh, how fun is that? Yes, yes, yes. So like, yeah, I think if we have just those little, and it's teeny tiny and it's small and, you know, uh, but it's there and like it's there intentionally. And I, I put it there intentionally. I think that's the key, right, is the, the intentionality behind it. We want to be very um conscious of doing these things and putting these moments into our day or into our spaces into our physical spaces that bring us a little bit of happiness well and i love that example because it ties in perfectly with what you shared earlier about the student who found a stick if you know the intentional things that you're looking for you can find them all the time it's like you guys all know when we like go car shopping and you're looking at a car and then you drive on the street and all you do is see that car everywhere because it's top of mind. And it's the same annoying thing here where if you know what brings you joy and you're intentionally trying to either look for those moments or put them in your environment, you're going to see them all the stinking time. I mean, it's yeah. just going to be, it's going to be hard to ignore the, those moments. So I think yes. that's so cool. We have a lot of funny comments of people just those small moments of happiness that that I love when we're aware of those, we can make them happen intentionally. And when we feel down, we can make a decision to change our mood or to change our environment because we know what will make it better. Um, and when we don't know the answers to that, it's hard to enhance our environment intentionally. So Carly, what a cool tidbit to bring to Daily Drop-In this morning. I appreciate that. I'm so excited. I'm glad, Ray, I'm so glad that you said that about like making it a choice. Like last weekend, I was in such a funk. Like I was like, 
Like I was kind of moody, <laughs> just like, Arr. and so I said to my husband, I was like, I'm going to make a list. And so I did, I made a list. I was like, these are things that I want to do next weekend, like small things. Like I want to put up a hummingbird feeder, like little, little things. But I'm like, I'm, I'm going to do this next weekend. Cause I'm not doing a repeat. I'm not going to be like my grumpy self all weekend long next weekend. I'm going to be happy and I'm going to put things into our, our schedule so that I can, I can avoid <laughs> being a grump. Yeah. And <laughs> so I, yeah. I think that that's important. And I love that you can create a list that includes big things and small things, right? Where you're talking about a stir that's in a cup that reminds you of a, a beautiful memory. Um, like I had a goal, I think it was, I don't know if it was last week, it must've been two weeks ago. I was like, I have a whole day free. There was not a single meeting on my calendar. It was a Sunday. And I was like, I have an entire Sunday with nothing. I was like, my only goal is that I would like to put my feet on the beach. And I was like, I don't care what beach. I don't know where I'm going to go, but that's my goal. Cause I have, I have 24 hours to make it happen. So I packed the dogs up, threw them in the car and was like, where do you think we should start? And my mindset was when we got there, if it, if we, if it didn't work, then we're going to pop in the car and we're going to go find another one and you know, whatever. But um, those like, th that's like a big example of a big moment of trying to find that moment of joy, but there's so many things you can do. I, I don't know. I love all this stuff, Carly. And I think it really has to do with creating the right environment for success, which yeah. is the theme for the week, which I love it. Yes. Yeah. Andrew is joking. That never happens for me. I know, Andrew, I don't know. I don't, I just had nothing on my calendar. I don't know. It's kind of crazy. That's amazing. That's amazing. I and you said you have 24 hours to do this and you want to do this one thing in 24 hours. So you, you made a commitment. You were like, I'm committing. We're doing it. And you made it happen. I know. And here's my thing, Carly. I think we all can do those yes. things. I don't, I don't always choose to do that. And it, and, yes. and truly it felt very selfish. I'm like, I'm going to take 24 hours. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to you know, call up. I, I mean, silly. I could have called my grandma and I could have had lunch with her. Maybe that would have been a better decision, but the reality is, it's like making those choices where we can say, okay, I'm going to do something for me, whether it be really, really big or teeny, teeny, tiny, yeah. and I'm going to put joy in my life. And yeah. to be honest, having lunch with my grandma would have brought joy to my life, which is what I did the following Sunday. So promise guys, I didn't, I didn't ditch out. <laughs> my I love this, Carl. I think you brought up a really, really intentional moment. I really appreciate that, that you're reminding us that that's a major contributor to our environment. So super, super cool. Love, love, love. Um, I want our community to make sure they can stay connected with you, Carly. We are um, here at the very, very end of our daily drop-in segment for this beautiful, beautiful Thursday. We're starting tomorrow morning to kind of wrap up this conversation of environment with the incredible Brad Hughes, which I know he tuned in earlier, uh, was in the comments with us. So I know he's going to be excited to wake up bright and early and continue to have this conversation. Carly, how can people stay connected to you? I know you commented on you're a blogger. They can go consume that your information there. They also know that you're an ambassador, which is so, so neat. Um, where is your favorite spot to connect with educators? My favorite spot, I would say, is Twitter. I, I love Twitter. I love connecting on Twitter. I love using all those hashtags. I love following folks who tweet with hashtag teach better or hashtag TV blogger or hashtag TV ambassador. So I love uh, Twitter for all things education. I am on Facebook, too. Um, so like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I use different social medias for different purposes, but I feel like Facebook has also kind of been more education <laughs> focused. My Instagram is is pure fluff. So I don't do a whole lot education 
wise on my Instagram. But my Twitter handle is right here. Mrs. Fina's class is my handle. Um, but yes, I love, love, love just talking and connecting, especially about EL, bilingual, multilingual, dual language, all those things. But truly all things education. So I know. I find me on Twitter. We ran out of so much time, Carly, because I wanted to talk about like the work you've done in EL. Like you're my go-to person for all things EL. So the fact that we just talked for an hour and didn't even like get into that dialogue <laughs> is such a disservice. I'm so sorry. But then also I mentioned this morning, you were in my dream last night and I wanted to talk about that. So I think we're going to have to save that story for tomorrow's daily drop-in. And Carly, I'd love to have you back on to not only to continue to talk shop, but also to get into those strategies, a lot of our, our, you know, Teach Better family have students that are English language learners that, that could use tips and tricks. And obviously your blog is a great start, but I'd love to have you come back and kind of share those strategies as well. I would absolutely love, love, love that. That's like my jam. That's my All passion, right. my fire, my jam. It's on the to-do list, guys. And I will awkwardly talk about how I had a dream about Carly tomorrow with Brad, which probably is going to be an even better conversation because Brad Hughes <laughs> can psychoanalyze my dream about you, Carly. And we'll be able to get into all that. For all of you, thank you so much for joining us for Daily Drop. And please enjoy your last sip of coffee, which I also have, which is bringing me joy this morning. We hope that you have a wonderful, wonderful Thursday. Thank you for all that you do. And please reach out if you need anything. All right. Bye, guys.